Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. Welcome in, Loons fans. Jonathan Harrison here alongside Dan Terra. Not a completely positive hey. week, but uh, we'll take it. No. Uh, no, you're not in on this, Dan? Yeah, I mean, it, it could have been worse, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. What are you saying? What are you saying? It wasn't completely positive. Well, yeah, no, it was, it was no, a loss. You still, you still lost your first game of the season. It was at yeah. home, unfortunately, but... I mean, there was some bright spots, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But first, uh, get some house cleaning out of the way. You're listening to Loon Talk. Find us anywhere you find your podcasts. Obviously, do let us do let your friends know if they do like uh, Minnesota United or MLS that we are here. We are the most unofficially official Minnesota United related podcast. Dan Terrar and myself are the broadcast team for all Minnesota United matches. They can be heard on Score North on AM1500, live.scorenorth.com, and the free Score North mobile app. So, Dan, without further ado, let's jump right into the game. As I mentioned, the first loss of the season for the Loons. Uh, let's just kind of run through this game from start to finish. Uh, started Minnesota, good. Yeah, started great. Minnesota came out swinging in those first 10 minutes, just pushing up yeah. high. On Seattle, who were kind of, it seemed, caught off guard because we don't really ever see Minnesota come out attacking that quickly at the beginning of a match. And they came out just throwing haymakers. Unfortunately, nothing was connecting, but they were swinging big swings in the first 10, 10 or 15 minutes of this match. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty impressive. And because we don't see it that often, when you do come out and play with it wasn't that they played you know flawless but they played with so much focus and intensity and it just felt like okay they're going to score somewhere in the first 30 minutes there's no way they won't because uh they were uh they were doing all the right things they were winning all the you know the one-on-one uh uh, battles all over the pitch and um it just it it looked like what we what we've always kind of wished this team would start as and then they didn't score and then Seattle kind of figured some things out, and Seattle got a little bit better and a little bit better. And, you know, by halftime, the momentum was was gone, you know. Yeah. But it was a good start. I mean, I was so excited that first 10 minutes because, like you said, that's not – when you're describing Minnesota, even when they're playing well, usually not a team that comes out as just like – just dominating the first yeah. you know 10 15 minutes that's not they normal. build into a game they build into a game generally but this time yeah this last saturday they came out trying to wreck seattle early unfortunately nothing was connecting um but yeah as you mentioned after that seattle really took control of this match and they didn't let up until minute 75 because uh they were just forcing everything down especially in the first half uh they were forcing everything down their right side minnesota's left side and Bakai Debassi had his hands full because Abu Dinladi was just non-existent in the defense. We'll talk about that in a little yeah. bit. Um, but yeah, everything was just going down the right-hand side for Seattle. And they were putting on uh, chance after chance against Dane St. Clair in the Minnesota defense, which was standing tall until minute 36, if I'm remembering correctly. Joao Paulo, you can't let him strike a goal or strike a ball from that far out because that's his range. Minnesota saw that last year at the beginning of the season when he put in the goal, one of the goals of the season on the first mm-hmm. night of the of league action, and he did it pretty much from the same spot, just a 
complete rocket shot from outside the box. Dane St. Clair had no chance of stopping that. Prime Gianluigi Buffon wouldn't have stopped that one. I mean, that was upper 90 and away from Dane St. Clair, curling away from him. No chance for Dane to stop that one. Yeah, you give him that, you know, from the... From the top of the 18 to about, you know, from about 18 to 25 yards, if you give him a, a, you know, an open look and you don't get in front of him, you don't more, you don't force him to, you know, shoot around you. You just let him pick his spot. Yeah. He's going to score. And, um, that was, yeah, it didn't matter what, who was, didn't matter who was in goal at that point. That was going to be a goal for Seattle. And, um, one of the few times this year where you look and say, okay, the defense really, you know, really let let down on that play and allowed him to have way too much space um, for way too long, and he scored. So, yeah, our defense usually is pretty good about that. You know, Boxy yeah. and – it's been Boxy and Coleman in the middle this year, and that's where the ball was, was in the middle. And normally one of those two is right on it, and they don't allow that kind of a shot. And, and you add to that that normally Will Trapp would be uh, dipping down there and helping out. So, yeah, that was kind of an unusual uh, uh, breakdown for this defense. Yeah, the as I as I was saying that everything was going down the right hand side. This one, this goal started on the left hand side with Jordan Morris just taking it upfield, getting it to Nico Ladero, and they just they just quickly passed it across field to where Joao Paulo was able to run onto it and strike that ball quite easily. And just yeah. the midfield got beat, and then the defense got beat, and then unfortunately Dane St. Clair was beat on that one. And that's how we'd go into halftime with Seattle up one nil. Uh, halftime substitution came in. Uh, Joseph Rosales, the young Honduran, who got his first ever uh, minutes for the the first team for Honduras and uh, lost his hair in, in that happening because of uh, <laughs> hazing rituals in Honduras, I guess, and gets his head shaved off, or his hair shaved off. And so he comes on with a new head, new head of hair or lack thereof and absolutely impresses. For 45 minutes, he was all over the pitch. He was down in the, the attacking third, trying to get on balls, trying to get on the final ball. And then he was immediately thereafter, he was down in the defensive third, sweeping up crosses, trying to clear out uh, clear out Seattle attacks. He was everywhere. Uh, I was super impressed with Joseph Rosales on Saturday. Yeah, we, we really haven't seen much of him. And, and we know that there's, uh, I think we maybe looked at him as going, you know, his upside in the future could be really, really great. And, you know, he's coming off his first uh, appearance with his national team. He's all fired up where a lot of players might go, eh, yeah, man, I can use some rest. I just did some, you know, just traveled halfway around the world. But, man, he wanted to play. He got his chance. And this is what you love about having young players is they know that, I don't know, when am I going to get my chance? I better take advantage of it. And he certainly did. Um a little bit the opposite of maybe where we're with with uh, number 18, Abu Dinladi, yeah. where he got a golden opportunity to say, all right, I belong, I'm back, here I am, I'm ready to, you know, m- you know, make my mark on this team. And and I got to say about Abu Dinladi, sorry to shift on you, but, yeah. you know, even though they were attacking his side and that was a problem, we were also attacking on that side. And offensively, he was good. His speed was great. He was, yeah. you know, he was connecting on that left side. Um, but, you know, he was, he had become a li- liability by halftime that uh, something had to change. So, yeah, yeah. Rosales comes in and, and makes, takes great advantage of his opportunity. Abu Dinladi did the opposite. Yeah. You mentioned Abu Dinladi's poor game. Offensively, 
I agree. He was great. Uh, mm-hmm. They were getting those through balls, those early through balls into him to run onto, and it was causing the Seattle defense some troubles because Abu Dunlady, if there's one thing he has, it's acres or it's eight, yeah. it's speed. He has yeah, he's tons fast. Of speed to burn. Yep. But it's just getting that final touch, getting the final bit of action there for him just never seems to connect for some reason. And then on the defensive end, just non existent. There were several times, and we noted this during the broadcast. I think Will Trapp and Hassani Dotson both took their turns yelling at him. Bakai Debasi <laughs> had plenty of words for him, too, just leaving Bakai Debasi alone on an island against Nico Ladero uh, and the Roldan brothers on that right hand side. Just Bakai Debasi had his hands full, and Abu Dinladi was just kind of zoning out when the Loons were on defense, and he was getting yelled at by his teammates. And his substitution at halftime, as much as uh, Joao Paulo's goal was inevitable, it felt like Abu Dinladi's substitution. Substitution at halftime was extremely inevitable, like Thanos level inevitable, and yeah. just needed to happen because it was he was a liability defensively, and the minute and the loons not having a whole lot of the ball uh, in the first half once Seattle really took control, they needed someone who was going to play defensively, and Joseph Rosales came on and did that in spades. And uh, another thing with Rosales coming on, they switched the formation, and I couldn't really tell at first during during the match, but then it became very evident. It was a four three three like like the U.S. men's national team like to play three mm-hmm. midfielders, uh, two of them number eights, uh, Hassani Dotson and Rosales, kind of getting for doing getting forward and also getting back defensively. Will Trap more staying defensive. He can get forward a little bit, but he was more defensive minded because they needed right. they needed another guy in the midfield. It's a very interesting. I thought it was a very interesting tactical switch by Adrian Heath, who generally stays with that four two three one, and he he realized he needed to switch something. Brings on Rosales, moves uh, Emmanuel Reynoso out to the left wing, and puts three midfielders against the Seattle side, and they they gained a little bit of control, but for the first what twenty five minutes or twenty minutes uh, or thirty minutes, excuse me, of the second half, it was still all Seattle, but Minnesota really switch things up and cause Seattle some problems later in the game with that tactical switch for them. Yeah, and, and by uh, one of Adrian's comments in the post-game show, he didn't uh, close the door on staying with that 4-3-3 when we get on to Austin. So I don't know what he'll do, but it wouldn't surprise me if he said, you know what, it worked so well in the final portions of that match, maybe we got to just see if we can roll on that momentum a little bit down in Austin. So um, – yeah, and I don't know if it was the format change, if it was just shaking up the team, um, bringing in the young players, bringing in uh, uh, Lawrence as well, who was fresh. Um, maybe moving Reynoso out to a wing was a little wake-up call to him, you know, because here we are, we're, you know, five matches in, you haven't put up a goal or an assist. I'm sorry, he got the penalty got kick goal. goal. Yeah. So, so he's got the uh, penalty goal, <clears throat> but – you know, it may maybe it was probably a combination of all those changes and the four and the formation change. But um, you can't you'd be crazy not to take note of of what Rosales did when he got in there, what um, Longwane did when he got in there, and um, you know it's it's frustrating to lose at home. But we lost to a pretty really good squad, as you mentioned, yeah. Alex and Christian rolled on. You know. It's almost unfair when brothers start hooking up and, and start syncing up. Um, they, If you took all the passing combinations between any two players that night, I think the Roldan brothers to each other was the most common pass in the match. 
yeah, I mean, those two, I'm, they're brothers, so they're going to have... There's chemistry. Yeah. It's just like a hive mind at that point when they're yeah. when they played so much together. And yeah, so, uh, the the topic of Rosales and Longwane and the formation switch and how they played, especially late in the match, and we'll get to that in a little bit, but I want to get our one big question here. This is our one big question, Dan. One big question, question, question. It's our official sounder here on Loon Talk, anywhere you find your podcasts. Do give us a rating, a review, and a subscription. It does help us uh, get boosted up in the Apple Podcasts or just anywhere podcast charts. Uh, one big question for this week. Would you start Rosales and Longwane this weekend against Austin? Basically, would you stay with the 4-3-3? We know that uh, because he didn't play at all on Saturday, they're really nursing Fragapane back. They don't want to rush him back. So, and there's still plenty of time left in the season. You don't need to rush him back. Would you stay with the essentially the four three three and keep Rosales and Bongi in the lineup? Well, I tell you what. The answer, my quick answer is yes, because my job doesn't depend on it. <laughs> Fair <laughs> so, enough. Uh, but but with with Fragapane, they're obviously not going to rush him back. Mm-hmm. Um, Reynoso's struggling. And I don't know exactly where I would put them. Do you put Rosales in the middle? Do you put, you know, I guess I guess I don't know what where you're going to put them exactly. But um, I think we've seen enough of of uh, Bongi to trust that he can go and start down in yeah. in Austin. Rosales, you know, it's a it's a small small amount of time we've seen him. But like I said a few minutes ago, I think I certainly would just to see if. Whatever that was we ended with on uh, Saturday against Seattle, I think it's worth a look just to see if you can pick up where you left off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if he struggles for some reason, but he gave no indication on Saturday that it, that, that the moment uh, is too big for him. Um, I mean, if there was ever a moment to show that you can play in this league, and yes. if there was ever a team that you want to show that you can play this league against, it's against the benchmark. Everybody views Seattle as the benchmark in this league. They've been Mm -hmm. the best team essentially since they came into this league back in 2009. Uh, Everybody else compares themselves to Seattle at this point with how they are so consistently good. Uh, And Rosales just showed up and just had himself a night. He didn't end up getting on the score sheet, but he had an impact on the way this team played in the second half. Uh, defensively, offensively, uh, getting into the, just mixing it up and tackling, getting in tackles, getting in faces. He was everywhere, and it was really impressive. I think I would start him. I would start Bongi just because, as you and I have talked about quite frequently already this season, either on the broadcast or the podcast, that any time he gets on the ball any time, or on the field, it just seems like by minute by minute, he's getting more confident in his ability to play in this league. And I want to see where that ceiling is with him. I mean, mm-hmm. you're seeing what it is at the floor right now, and it's pretty well, dang good. If right. he can continue getting more confident and getting more, uh, I guess, yeah, just confident in his ability to play in this league, he's going to be a real menace to opposing defenses. The problem with with starting those two isn't isn't starting those two. Right, I think you'd start them in a minute, but at who are you taking out of the lineup? And and right now, the two guys that uh, for the last year, maybe last two years, you could you could argue have been their most solid offensive players, uh, Robin Lud and uh, Reynoso, are not doing much. Yeah, I don't remember talking about Robin Lud a whole lot on Saturday. Do you? 
He, he early on in that in that early yeah. surge, he was involved in that uh, a little bit, but after that, not much. So yeah. I don't know. And they're both, as far as we know and can tell from training, they're both healthy. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what's going on. But but again, okay, let me ask you this. Okay, I'll say yeah. Let's start them both. Who who are you taking out? You taking out Amaria? You taking out Robin Lude? I'm not taking Amaria out. I'm keeping him in. I like what he's able to do. I would keep Reynoso in just because we've seen what he's been able to do over the last year and a half and how effective he is as the number 10. Uh, if you're going to start Rosales, I say stick with the 4-3-3. It seemed to work. It's going to be a very different look for other teams to come up against you because at this point, they're used to seeing you in the 4-2-3-1. Uh, going with the 4-3-3 is going to completely change how teams play against Minnesota and how Minnesota is going to play against them. I'd say give it a shot, Rosales. I mean, what does it hurt for one game? It's still very early in the season. If this was later in the season, I'd say heck no, because you're in the middle. You'll most likely be in the middle of a playoff race. I wouldn't, I wouldn't risk that. But since it's so early in the season, it'll be the sixth game of the year. Give it a shot. Why not? See if it works. See if Rosales can carry that momentum. For Bongi, do you take off Robin Lowe? Just give him a break here and let him kind of get his head on straight because. For what three of these five games, he's been kind of non-existent. He's not yeah. been the Robin Load we know. Throw Bongi in there, give him a shot because you know you're not going to bring hope. Well, if he's healthy, Fragapani is probably going to start, and you're going to stick with the four-two-three-one. But if he's not, put Reynoso on the left, let him roam around free in the mid in the attacking midfield, and give Bongi the the right hand side and let him go at it. I have a hard time not if he's healthy not starting Robin Lude. The same yeah. reason why you don't want to bench Reynoso because you know for the last couple of years Robin's yeah. been been the most dependable guy as far as goal scoring. Even though he's not a he's not a number nine, it's not his natural position. He is he, he this team owes him a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but but also on that hand, Robin's a mature enough and a uh, comp a competent enough player that. He's not going to fall to pieces if he doesn't start one match. You know, yeah. he he can handle it more so than there's other players. I think that are a little more uh, fragile about that, and they have to be more careful with. So I'd be okay with that. But then let me throw this twist in there: what if uh, what if Ariaga is ready to come back? Well, that's an interesting midfield. Yeah. Then now, what do you do? Because he has earned a starting spot. Oh, he needs, he's on the pitch. I don't care what you say. He was what Rosales did. In the uh, second half on Saturday, Ariaga has been doing every for ninety minutes every match. So, but then so he's back in there. So he's back in there, right? Alongside Will Trap, right? Hey, okay, so that Asani means Dotson, but... so you're putting Asani Dotson on the bench, the Swiss well, Army knife. <laughs> okay, is Roman Montaner back? I, I, Roman Montaner's back. I don't, and you need to find a spot for Asani Dotson. Granted, it hasn't been all the greatest at right back. Do you put him at right back instead of DJ Taylor? Because we've seen yes. Adrian Heath do that. So then yes. you, you just move Asani Dotson back to right back, not his ideal position, but we know he can be solid there. So then you have Asani Dotson at right back. <laughs> then you have a midfield of Ariaga, Rosales, and Will Trapp. Uh, my God, the amount of field Ariaga and Rosales are going to cover. Will Trapp's just going to have to sit in front of the back line and not do much. Because he's got the two guy, he's got the two Hondurans going everywhere, all over the pitch. Give me that midfield all day long. I'll take that. That'd be fun. 
Yeah, and I guess as long as we're having a good time with this, and then eventually you have Roman Metonier back on the right side. And come on, Lawrence Lawrence, on the left side. Lawrence on the left side. That moves Bakai DeBassi into the middle with Michael Boxel. And all of a sudden, you look at your bench and you go, on the bench we have Adrian Anu, Robin Lud, help me out here, uh, Hassani Dotson, Dotson. Brent Coleman. Uh, you, you got, you got, you know, and this is what, this is what last yeah. year we went to mid season saying, wait till we get this. This is, this is a, we haven't even come close to our best lineup yet. And imagine if you have all of that and you have Emmanuel Reynoso finally getting back into the form we've seen over the past year and a half, because so far through the first five games, yes, he's got the goal, but he hasn't been the same Emmanuel Reynoso. But if you have all of that, if you have those guys covering that much space and you have Emmanuel Reynoso getting back in Emmanuel Reynoso form, like one of the best players in the entire league mm-hmm. form that he has been, whew, those goals that haven't been being scored this season because they're just not being created, right. they're going to start being created and they're going to start being scored. And this team is not going to give up a whole lot of goals. They've only given up four this season. Two of them came on Saturday. Dane St. Clair is in the form of his life once again, which is great for you. Whew. That's going to be a dangerous team if you can get all that to work and you have Emmanuel Reynoso back in form. Right. It feels so, like we've been saying that for the past year, but <laughs> it feels like with how many he's, pieces they actually have now, because, yeah, sure, last year we talked about the depth. Great. You have Ethan Finley and Nick, uh, Nico Hansen on, on the bench, but you never saw Nico Hansen because he was injured for most of the season. Finley was a spot starter for the squad. Now he's down in Austin. But now you've got young guys like Longwane and Rosales uh, being able to come off the bench. I like this team's depth with where they're at this season. Yeah, I was just looking, and you could you could have a scenario where you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, maybe seven guys that are, are worthy of being starters yeah. uh, on your bench, and we've never had that before. We've had good, capable backups, but, well, okay, first of all, Tyler Miller's your backup goalie. That's pretty <laughs> Not for good. long, I would imagine. That's going to... Brent, Coleman, right Brent Coleman's very dependable in the middle. Uh, O'Neal, we forgot about. And you got O'Neal Fisher as a wingback. You got O'Neal Fisher as a wingback. Hassani Dotson, Fragapani, Robin Lode in our scenario. And Adrian Anu are sitting on the bench. That's, That's going to be good... a lot of competition. That's going to be a lot of really feisty practices. A lot of guys who will yep. be trying to get into the lineup. And that's only going to push everybody. Whew. Yeah, they built the, They've built the squad. Now can they get it to finally... It's play play. You know, no, let's, let's, let's get right down to it. Can they find a way to, to score goals? Yeah. You know, one we're, we're five in, we've scored five goals and uh, it's been, it's been one a match. I mean, there's been no we scored five goals with Emmanuel Reynoso playing like the form of like just a mid tier defensive mid guy in this league. <laughs> He's not playing Emmanuel Reynoso form. He's playing right. just like, backup defensive midfielder form. Yeah. If you can he, get that going, this team's going to look a whole hell of a lot different and a whole hell of a lot dangerous. Except dangerous. the backup except the backup defensive midfielder would know to get rid of the ball quicker and not <laughs> dribble with it till you lose it. So, and not so I got a guy right in front of literally everybody yeah. in the stadium. I mean, it's really cool when, when he dribbles around four people in yeah. a tight area, you know, inside of a phone booth. But – when it's not working, maybe and maybe that's his his inexperience and his youth. He's got to learn that uh, when it's not working, sometimes you got to go to Plan B and then try again later. You know what I mean? 
It's you're like, saying when it's the 87th minute, you're down a goal. You don't want him dribbling across the the face of the Seattle box and just take a shot, take a foul instead of passing it to a guy who's kind of open. Kind of open, maybe sort of. Um, I like the take charge attitude, but yeah, yeah, there's that's got to be mixed in with uh, maybe a little bit better judgment. I guess I would say is I think maybe if he's healthy, which we think he is, he's talented. We know he is. I think maybe he's just making bad choices, uh, judgment, you know. Bad choices like a young Jonathan Harrison probably did at one point. I Maybe have no is. idea what you're talking Maybe about. Maybe still is. I don't know. <laughs> that, that beard is a bad choice. But other no, than that, I don't come know. Come on. This is a great choice. <laughs> <laughs> so did we finish off? Are we done talking about that loss yet? Uh, we've got a couple more notes because I want to talk about uh, Dane St. Clair being in the form of his life because he's just – he had – yes, he gave up two goals, but neither of them were his fault. The – the Joao, Joao Paulo goal, you're, no one's going to stop that one. It was struck so cleanly and perfectly that Dane St. Clair is going to have – any keeper in the world is going to have a trouble stopping that. And then yeah. the second goal was an own goal that was tipped off of Brent Coleman's foot as he's trying to stop a cross from coming in from Jordan Morris, who ran away from Michael Boxel, which we rarely ever see guys run away from Michael Boxel. Um, and that's just – neither of those goals were his fault. He had six saves on the night, I believe. And he was impressive. I mean, once again, really commanding his area, really controlling anything that was coming in and not really allowing any good chances uh, at at his own net and really solidifying himself probably for the foreseeable future as the number one keeper on this team, I would imagine. Yeah, well, well, and you know, when, when uh, Tyler Miller got his chance last year, yeah. After the team thought that, you know, Dane St. Clair was the guy, the team played horribly in front of him to start the season. They go 0 yeah. 4. He's, Dane is doing exactly what Tyler Miller did last year when Tyler got his chance in game five. And Tyler played like, hey, you know what? I'm not giving up this spot. I am not letting go of this position. It's mine. And he hung on to it all year. So Dane's just trying to do what, what Tyler did last year. So, uh, that's kind of cool to have two goaltenders uh, that can can do that and can play to that level. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so next up, that'll be the final note for that game, Dan. We'll we'll round okay. it out there. Uh, it was a good call on the penalty kick. That was a good call by yeah. uh, uh, what was his name Elfath. Yeah, he didn't have a very good night. No, we don't need night. to. We call. don't need to mention that again because it got everybody, including me, fired up a little too fired up during the match. Yeah. It just. Ishmael Alfath had no control of that match. Uh, I just got to say, do you remember the very first hard foul about a two yep. minutes in? And I, I said, Paulo. I said, I think he should have gone with the yellow. Yeah. And I you know what? He you, because it was too early. Yes. If you look back now, he should have gone with, because it just kind of, that tone. it's like that set the tone. And yeah. if he'd have thrown out the yellow, then I think it would have calmed him down. And uh, who knows? Maybe it wouldn't have, but anyway, so yeah. And, and, and we lose at home on an own goal and final thoughts are it was a very exciting, exciting night at Allianz field. Mm -hmm. You didn't, you, you really didn't deserve to win. You don't know. I don't know if you even deserve to get a draw, but you almost got the draw. You made it very exciting. I don't think fans other than disappointed that they lost went home thinking it was a bad night. It was a no. fun night. Um, but you hope later on in the season, those are ones that they can win at home. So Yeah. You hope later on in the season those are games where your offense can be a little bit more threatening than 
relying on Joseph Rosales to run into the jolly green giant that was Jackson <laughs> Reagan. 6'6". Six, six. Jesus. He's what a big I, boy. That's a, He's a big a boy. Big kid. And yep. Joseph Rosales just ran into that brick wall, took the penalty, uh, well, took the hit to get the penalty, and then Manny Reynoso strikes the penalty nicely uh, for the mm-hmm. one goal of the game. Um, so next up for the Loons, we've got a fancy graphic for this now on the YouTube feed. Um, April 10th, this Sunday, pre-match 6 p.m., kickoff 6.30 p.m. on Score North with Dan Terra and myself. National television game, so that means it's just us for the Minnesota side of the broadcast. Uh, Minnesota taking their first trip down to Texas this season, facing Austin for the first time since last season. Austin side coming in off a 2-2 draw against San Jose. They are currently in fourth place in the Western Conference. Two wins, two draws, one loss. 13 goals scored, five goals allowed this season. Two of those were allowed against San Jose this last weekend. Uh, Much better start for them this season than it was last year, obviously. They only scored 34 goals last year. They've already got 13 scored this year. (laughs) Sebastian Jerusi, who came in late in the season last year, absolute game changer for them. Uh, late in the last season and in this this season, four goals scored, uh, one assist, and then six key passes for him this season. He's been just he's been there, Emmanuel Reynoso this season. Yeah, they they've. Um, I mean, I'm still not buying that they can keep this up all season, but just this start they've had, like Chicago in the East, is, is, is the two biggest storylines early on in the season. Now that can go away real quick if you go on like a three or four game losing streak, but I'm not, you know, last year I wasn't sold on Colorado and they proved me wrong. I'm, I feel the same way about Austin. You know what? Check back with me in about a month and let me know where they're at. I'm still, I'm not believing that they can, that they can keep this up. No, you're not, you're not sold on Austin scoring goals by the dozen. No, you know, scoring's overrated. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if you why can't you just, it? why can't you just be happy scoring one a game? You know, <laughs> you know some of these teams are greedy. Score, score, score. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Fair enough. All right. Maybe so I'm jealous. Can, I guess I'm jealous. That, you can hear that game coming up this Sunday night, 6 p.m. pre-match, 6:30 p.m. kickoff. Dan Terra and myself uh, will be on the broadcast for that one. As I love those guys. Learned. Travel down to Austin FC. Yes. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.
halfway point of the show here. We'll remind you, you're listening to Loon Talk, Score North, Minnesota United MLS-related podcast. Find us anywhere you find your podcast. And do give us a rating, a review, and a subscription wherever you find your podcast. It help us, helps us get found. Uh, and we are the broadcast team, as I mentioned, for Minnesota United Broadcast. Next up in the show, Dan, let's take a look across the league. Uh, but first, before we get to league action, let's get to World Cup action. Because yeah. since the last time we spoke, the, the U.S. men's national team went down to Costa Rica, lost once again. They still have yet to win there. Did what they had to do. They got the job loss. done. They did not lose by six goals, so they Mission qualified outright. outright we did lose. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, we did lose, but we qualified for the World Cup Felt for the like first time since 2014. Uh, then the next day, you want to talk about uh, instant gratification. You get the uh, the next day, <laughs> you get the World Cup draw, which normally you have right. to wait a couple months for. You get the World Cup draw. And the USA, Dan, no politics involved in this group. In Group B with England, Iran, and the winner of the Euro or Euro play-in spot between Wales and the winner of Scotland and Ukraine. No politics involved with any of these teams. There's no history at all between the U.S. and England, the U.S. and Iran. None of it, Dan. None of it at all. This is just straight-up soccer between these teams in, no, December, we gotta, or in November in Qatar. I think every 250 years, we got to beat the <laughs> pants off England, so we're due. Uh, by the way, the English press doing it once again. Last time we were in their group with them in South Africa in 2010, they had uh, it was the U.S., it was England, Slovenia, I believe, and Algeria. So of course, the English press put together an anagram, I think it is, where they take the they put the teams in order and they say easy, as easy. in like this should be an easy group for England. It was England, Algeria, uh, Slovenia, and then Yanks. Well, guess who ended up winning that group? The U.S. <laughs> winning on goal differential because a couple other games. Um, we ended up drawing the U.S. in that world – or drawing England in that World Cup thanks to Rob Green letting in an absolute howler of a Clint Dempsey goal. Uh, so next up – or so now that means the U.S. will get to play England on on Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. No meaning, <laughs> no meaning at all there. So that will be fun. They'll open up – uh, their World Cup play against the winner of that Euro comp or the Euro playing game, which we'll find out who when that is, that? is coming. Uh, it's in June. Not why do they wait so long for that one? It well, it would have. I been, don't understand why they don't just get that done sooner. It would have been done sooner, but there's kind of a war going on in Ukraine. So yeah, but it's but it's soccer. Just play. They, yeah, well, I mean, most of the players are fighting for their country's lives or country's life at this point. And they think it's going to be better in June. I mean, yeah, probably. You think so? Could be worse in June. Yeah. Or maybe Russia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's enough politics for tonight. Uh, let's get to the rest of the league. I don't like politics. Let's yeah, no, the politics sucks. Uh, Chicago Fire hosting FC Dallas. Another clean sheet for the young goalkeeper, Gabriel Slonina. His fourth of the season, fourth in five games. Nil-nil draw between the Fire and FC Dallas. The note out of this one, Jardin Shakiri, the one of the star players for the Chicago Fire this season, limped off injured in the match. We'll see what that is. Not a good sign for them if their star player is limping off injured. But great sign for them and the U.S. if they can get Slonina to uh, commit to the U.S. I believe he should be. He's been in the camp for a couple times. But great sign that a 17-year-old is leading the league in uh, clean sheets already this season. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I have, I've only I, I, I've only watched him yeah. play in highlight clips, and ever everybody looks good in highlight clips. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I I guess I'm I'll have to pull up some longer footage and see what this kid's doing right. But yeah, I mean, it's now not. I think we're passing the fluke stage now because he keeps doing yeah. it. So um, yeah, I mean, this is just this is just unusual. Not for a player of his age to be able to play at this level, but goaltenders, it just seems like normally don't come in. You know, you looked at uh, two years ago, uh, Dane St. Clair going, man, he's awful young to be this good. Yeah. Well, he was what, four years older than this kid? Yeah. Yeah, He's 22. He's five years older than this kid. So, and that's when that, and people thought, well, he's awfully young. I don't, you know, I remember thinking, you know, yeah, goalkeepers need, don't really come into form until yeah. like their late 20s, like Tyler Miller's age. We we need to keep Tyler Miller because it's too soon to know if mm-hmm. Dane St. Clair is any good. <laughs> so, um, that's 17? That's wow. impressive. He still hasn't graduated high school when he's doing that. He's not done growing yet. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't filled out yet. Yeah, well, I, so impressive. it's impressive. Yeah, no, very much. Good for Chicago Fire to finally get their yeah, defense in order. Because they, they were got... so horrible last year. Well, there's something missing from. from yeah, they, they made that's... some moves. They got rid of some problems. So. <laughs> now that's San Jose's problem. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, <laughs> FC Cincinnati hosted Montreal Impact. Well, not a Impact. Sorry, sorry, Montreal fans. What? That up. It's not Montreal Impact. Man, so have Club de Foot Montreal. Club uh, de Foot. No defense allowed in this one, as it was a 4-3 win for Montreal. But the good news for FC Cincinnati, like Minnesota, looking at their young guys and getting some hope there, Brandon Vasquez continues to impress, scores again for Cincinnati, opening goal of the match, and he now leads the golden boot race in the league this early in the season with five goals. Dan, if I had told you before the season five weeks in that an FC Cincinnati player would be leading the golden boot race, how hard would you have punched me in the face? No, I would have just laughed at you. It wouldn't have, <laughs> wouldn't have bothered to punch you. Yeah. And that's and that's that goes back to why I just don't care about some of those numbers this early in the season because it's just it's too weird. It's, it's just too it, weird. One of the worst defenses in the league, but they also have one of the best goal scorers in the league. You know, Tell me more about these four three matches I've heard so much about, and and we've tell me more stories about that because I got to tell you the the chance of Minnesota with this with our solid defense giving up either three or four goals gonna is going to be kind of rare. And, and by the way, a Don't four look at three that match, match from last year, whether, whether we win or lose a four three match, doesn't matter to me. I want to be in a four three match. Oh. But we won't. We won't because we can't score three, let alone four. And we're not going to give up up three or four. So this this thing you talk about, a (laughs) seven-goal match, this this myth, this unicorn that you're talking about, we aren't going to see one. Wait a minute. That happened your first year when you were on the broadcast. Well, yeah. That's because we had guys that Minnesota United team. Because we'd have guys that would go out and score two goals, but they'd also give up two. By not playing defense, so we had guys like Fernando Bob and Ibsen. <laughs> Fernando Bob, I forgot about Bob. <laughs> Where's Bob? He is Ibsen. my all-time favorite loon, just because of the name alone. I don't care about anything else. How good or bad he was, I mean, clearly not good enough to be on the team for very much longer than his loan. But Fernando Bob, I like Ibsen. A great name. 
I liked Ibsen because he'd fake injuries in warm-ups. <laughs> He's just practicing for the game, Ibsen, man. Ibsen's down. We haven't started yet. I know, but Ibsen's down. <laughs> uh, other notes from other scores from across the league. Philadelphia, who the Loons drew 1-1 to start the season, cruised to a 2-0 win over Charlotte FC. Not that big of an impression, impressive win for them. But Philly do sit alone at the top of the Eastern Conference on 13 points. So good job for them. San Jose and Austin played out to a 2-2 draw. Uh, this weekend, Austin jumped out to a two lead, two nil lead, but then gave up a pair of goals in the 70th and 72nd minutes to drop two points on the evening. Good sign for Minnesota that their defense can't even control San Jose. <laughs> well, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I just, I have no, I have no concerns. My only concern about, uh, our next match is scoring goals. I'm not concerned that, about stopping. It feels goals. like it's the story for every game this season, though, because we know how good the defense is. Yes. Yes. But going against a team that is scoring a lot of goals right now, still not my concern. Fair enough. You, uh, you, you, would... you know what team I can't wait to play, Dan? San Jose. Wow, we've already played them. I can't wait till we play Inner Miami. They are mm. just awful. They continue. There's no other way to put it other than they just flat out suck this year. They haven't <laughs> led a single minute of a single game through five games this season. They lose 3-1 to one to the Houston Dynamo. Darwin Quintero continues to play well, getting his third goal of the season. And Inter-Miami are just flat out awful. I can't I, wait until we play them. No, I think I mentioned during the broadcast that Will Trapp escaped from Miami after one season yeah. down there. And isn't it amazing how you can compare franchises that come in and, you know, there's one, there's franchises like Minnesota came into the league. were never terrible. Haven't been to a championship yet, but have, have been getting better and are building the way that you probably want it done on paper. Atlanta came in around the, they came in the same year or the year before. Yeah, same year. Same year. And they won a championship. They went right to the, they went right up to the top. Yeah. That's unusual. You know, Miami comes in, they're terrible. They're they're getting worse. They came uh, in with Nash- the talk that they were going to be Atlanta, the next Atlanta. Yes. And then they had yeah, no I thought they, way of showing that. No, and then and then Nashville comes in and you think, ah, they're going to suck for a couple of years, and then they got good fast. So yeah. the, the, you know, it's 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 you have no idea when a new team comes in what they're going to do. Even even this far into their first season, you still don't know. Yeah. So uh, Hard to one, figure. Last, one last game we'll talk about. LA Galaxy 3-1 win at the Portland Timbers. Galaxy stroll past the Timbers as my boy Chicharito bags a brace. In That's surprising. Portland Timbers are not good this season. Clearly, their age is catching up to them. Uh, obviously, off-field storylines that we won't get into here. Uh, just yeah. continue to hound the club. But, yeah, Portland Timbers just really bad this year near the bottom of the Western Conference. Yeah, there's some problems there. And, you know, when they start losing at home to teams that are – Because that's a fortress. You don't go in there and win. Right, right. That's the thing. It's not not that they lost to the LA Galaxy. It's that they got beat at home uh, soundly at home. And and usually Portland is – is no matter what's happening on the road, they're still just really tough to beat uh, at home. So that one surprised me. I thought they would. I thought they would maybe bounce back and get something going in that one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that's it for look across the league. Dan, next up is the predictor. Not a good week for you. Before we get oh, to man. the results, uh, how about you explain it for us? 
the predictor picked picked the Minnesota United next match. Two other matches in MLS. Pick the uh, winner and a score. Uh, you get a point for getting the winner correct, and if you nail the score uh, exactly correct, you get another point. So a possibility of zero to six points available each week. So whose results do you want to hear first, mine or yours? Well, if you, mine sucked to do yours first. All right, so we went into this week with me down 5-4 to four to you, but thanks to my results... I predicted Chicago FC and FC Dallas would battle out to a 2-2 draw. It was a draw, but it was nil-nil. I also predicted that FC Cincinnati would lose to the Montreal Impact 3-0. They lost, but it was a 4-3 Montreal win. And then I said a 2-0 win for Minnesota against Seattle. So I got two points on the evening or on the weekend. You, on the other hand, Dan, you predicted San Jose would get a 1-0 win over Austin FC. It was a 2-2 draw, so no points for you there. What you also hell? predicted New England would get a 2-0 win against the New York Red Bulls. It was a Red Bulls 1-0 win on the road. New England not starting the season. God, the season come on. Like come on. You season. thought I was going to get that point, too. I think everybody did. God. Because New England then I, looked like... So that one happens. I trusted San Jose. What an idiot. <laughs> I'm never, I'm never trusting... Trust me. You I'll trusted never trust San, San Jose. Jose the week after you wrote that down that they would be the last team in the league to get a win. I thought I believed in Austin less than I believed in San Jose. I don't know what you're doing. Guess there. I and don't. You said it was a it know. would be a two one win for Minnesota. Well, it was a two one result, but that doesn't count for points because you I have a hard time. I have a hard time not picking Minnesota at home against probably almost anybody. So fair enough. All right. So for this week, Dan, I let you start last week, so I will start right. this week. Go for it. Ah. So wait, you got two, so you're ahead six five. Yep. Six, we, five, need a score, six, we need a graphic for this one of these days. All right, I'll, I'll bring up a graphic. Uh, Inter-Miami, Dan, they play the New England Revolution this weekend. Uh-huh. And Ugh. New England Revolution will get a 3-0 win against Inter-Miami because, wow. as I mentioned last segment, wow. Inter-Miami suck. You feel about Inter-Miami the way I feel about San Jose and Austin. Yep. Okay, uh, let's see. I did not pick that game. Uh, let me go with this one. You're missing out. That's an easy one. Uh, the like Battle of L.A. Oh, that's right. We got the L.A. Derby. I'm not calling it the stupid name that they like to call it. Mm. LAFC will defeat the L.A. Galaxy 3-1. Ooh. Lots of goals scored in that one. Yeah. I like it. Two is one to nothing is a lot for us. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Jeez. My interconference battle or interconference battle, I don't know which one it is. I'm too dumb to understand that. RSL hosting <laughs> Toronto FC. 1 1 draw here. I don't believe either team has a whole lot of goal scoring prowess right now. So 1 1 drop between those two teams. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, I guess I'll go. I'll go cross conference too. There you go. Uh, ah, you're choosing the easy way to say it. I'm going Wednesday. I'm Wednesday. going Wednesday. Yeah. Are you going CONCACAF Champions League? Seattle and NYC. I didn't know we could pick Champions League matches. Well, they're both MLS teams. I didn't know we could do this. I would have totally picked this. It's MLS. I'll pick it next week. It's MLS. Well, it's MLS teams. Right. Okay. Check. You you know what? Check with the judge. Hang on. I'll check with the judge. Yeah, he says I can do it. Uh, Hold on. Hold on. You've got to ask the real judge. The real judge says, meow. Oh, meow, meow. That was my cat, Mila. Okay, I'm going Seattle 2, 
New York won. Okay. I like it. Yeah. I think Seattle so will win that one and they'll go on to I'm I'm thinking they're gonna win Champions League, but we'll see. Okay. So Seattle two, LA or NYCFC one. Yes. Two one Seattle. I like it. All right. For the final one for me at or Austin FC. For some reason whenever I see Austin, I want to say Atlanta and I can't just get that out of my brain. One's red and the other one's green in a tree. But it's the it's the A. I don't I don't get it. It's Okay. Again, I'm dumb. Uh Austin FC hosting Minnesota United this weekend national television once again. Yes. Hear that broadcast with Dantera and myself on Score North on AM 1500, the free Score North mobile app or live.scorenorth.com. Free 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 free. Dan goals galore in this one. Two? Three, three draw, my friend. No three, three draw. Nuts? Let's do it. Are you crazy? Go have big or go lost, home, Dan. Have you lost your friggin' mind? Where There's are we going to get three goals from? It's been water this week. There's no Tahitian treat flowing through these veins. You this better is get clear to your head. You're going to pass out. Three. First of all, oh, never mind. Never <laughs> we just mind. got done talking about how they're not going to give up three goals. <laughs> <sighs> Okay, <laughs> so I'm. I also. Uh, I'm also. No, I'm also predicting a draw at Austin. One-one. Okay. No, come on. I know it's a lot of goals, but I, no. you know, might be zero-zero. But I'm going to go one-one. We're going to go through six games and only score six goals. Man, who's going to score? You don't believe Emmanuel Reynoso is going to finally strike his form? Okay, he gets one. <laughs> yeah, but okay, where, where are the other two? Where are the other two coming from? Bongi. Bongi's bagging a brace. Oh, for God's sakes! Triple B. Oh man! All right. You know how Guy Fieri has Triple D, the the diners, drive-ins, and whatever the other. Yeah, is? yeah, I get it. I get it. Triple B. I think you're crazy. Bongi bags a brace. All right. If he does that, you have to say that on the broadcast. I'll say Bongi bags a brace three times fast. I promise. <laughs> I'm not worried about it. <sighs> You're not worried about it until it happens, and then I just stare daggers into you across the <laughs> studio, just looking at I you. I can do it. I've done I've done dumber things on the air, so what's the difference? <laughs> that has been the predictor for this week. This now, our final segment of the show is Write That Down. Write that down now. If you haven't, if you haven't been following along, this is our weekly prediction or our We're second prediction lot. related segment. We're missing a lot. Where we each make soccer related prediction, three soccer related predictions. One of them has to be Minnesota United related, and we'll keep track of the correct predictions throughout the year. We'll call them goals. The person with the most goals at the end of the year wins the golden boot. Whatever that is, it's just a title only. Dan, uh, accountability session, first of all. I don't Uh-oh. have the scores in front of me right now. Well, I kind of do. Uh, it is 3-2 to two after this weekend. Dan, I said the U.S. men's national team <clears throat> will qualify for the World Cup outright. That means a top three finish in CONCACAF. They did that, so that's my lone goal for this week. Okay. But I did, I did have three <sighs> predictions last week, and all three came up nil. Zero. Just as you said, it would happen. Zero. I said Dane St. Clair will get the clean sheet this weekend against Seattle. Didn't happen. And I didn't think he'd even start, so. I said Luis Amaria and Robin Lode will both score goals this weekend. That didn't happen. 
because uh, I predicted two goals. I shouldn't have done that. I should have predicted one. Crazy. Looking back at myself five minutes ago. <laughs> then by the end of the weekend, I said Minnesota United will be first place in the Western Conference. Well, instead of first, they're eighth. They're out of the playoffs. Wow. Missed it, so missed it by that much. So close. Wow. So close. Wow. <laughs> Dan, you had one goal for the week as well. You said Emmanuel Reynoso will get his first point of the season, so his first goal or assist. And he did that with a penalty kick goal mm-hmm. in the 83rd minute or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, but you did say last week Tyler Miller will start the next three matches. Dane St. Clair. He still could. Doesn't count. Because uh, Dane St. Clair started. And then the other prediction you said after this weekend, Austin FC will not be in the top four for the rest of the season. Dan, they sit in fourth. I thought stupid San Jose. <laughs> Why did I put any faith in San Jose to do anything right? I saw how terrible they were. I mean, we killed them. Yeah. I mean, well, everybody's going to kill San Jose because they don't know how to play. Well, defense. we completely destroyed them one to nothing. Yeah, true. <laughs> All right. So now, now biggest blow out. Hey, hey that was our biggest blowout of the season. <laughs> one nil? Yes. Oh, boy. Good luck to us. <laughs> Good luck to Loons fans the rest of the year. Yeah, we kicked their ass. All right, so now that the accountability session is out of the way, now we make our predictions, the world-famous predictions. Dan, you started last week, so I'll start this week. Chicago Fire are on fire, if you want to use those terms. Oh, Gabriel Solina. <laughs> Your look after I said that. I can't believe you You're said so that. so disappointed. Like, hey, everybody, little Chicago's are on were you fire. Mi- were you more disappointed in that or when you have to say Bongi Bags a Brace this weekend? <laughs> I'm not going to have to say that. <laughs> uh. All right, so Chicago Fire, they visit Orlando this weekend. Gabriel Slonina has four clean sheets on the weekend. Dan, write this down. He will not have a clean sheet. This weekend against Orlando, Orlando will score a couple goals. I don't know how many, but it doesn't matter. They will score against Gabriel Slonina and the Chicago Fire this weekend. Picking a guy to not have a clean sheet isn't very gutsy. Uh, when he's had four out of five, it is kind of gutsy at this point. <laughs> yeah, He's got a better track so. record of keeping clean sheets than Thanos does of wiping out half the universe. That's, that's like if a guy gets a brace and you predict he's not going to get a brace again. Are you going to write match. that down that bong he's not going to bag a brace? I should. That would be. I. W- I couldn't. No. I would feel guilty. That'd be like just taking a point for free. Can't do that. So, okay. Minnesota United. Next three matches will total three goals or less. Man, just Debbie Downer over here. I got proof. <laughs> I got, I, write it down. I, I got Dan, proof. Dan, write this down. Minnesota yeah. United over the next three matches will score six or more goals. You're you really going with that one? Two goals a game. Yep. <laughs> Jesus. They're gonna they're gonna all of a sudden magically double their goal output. Why not? All right. Why write not? it down. Write that down. Write it down. Write it down, just, Dan. It's gonna happen. That's, that's just the water <laughs> talking. You need some tea and treat bad. I do. Either that or some root beer. Uh, Minnesota will win. The season series with the Texas teams starting uh, with Austin. I like it. So Dallas, Austin, Houston. At the end of the year, we will win that series with those three. So you'll have more wins than draws or losses or more Yes. Yes. All right. Yes. Minnesota will win the season series. Dan, my final write that down. 
I don't know that we'll get to it this season because the World Cup will take place after our season is done. Dan, write this down. The U.S. men's national team will win their group. They will win their group over the U.S. or over England. They will win their group over Iran and the... That won't be until like December. Yeah. Write that down. Okay. Wow, you're going way out. Yeah. I don't like to go that far out. I don't even like to go to the end of our season. It'll hit it's next too season. Far out. Essentially, when it'll hit, because we won't be. It's too far. I don't out. imagine we'll be. Po- maybe we'll be podcasting during the World Cup. Why wouldn't we? So you just, you just, th- you just threw that down the road there. Okay. Yep. Threw that way down the road a piece. This is the long play. I don't want. I don't like the long play because I can't remember that far. So well, you don't have um, to. I write. I write these all yeah. down in in the Google Doc or in the spreadsheet. Oh, like that's why it's called write this down. Mm-hmm. Someone's got to write it down. <laughs> Okay. All right, fine. I'll go. I'll stretch one out too then. I'll go long. Minnesota will not be involved in a seven-goal match this season. What? Write that Come down. On. They will you know not ha- be involved. You know in it's going to happen next match. match now. It's going to happen next match. Well, we're going to lose 6 to 1. <laughs> Don't jinx it. Well, we can't Don't we can't get into existence. We can't score enough to get in a seven-goal match, and we don't give up enough. No, we will not. be. Write it down. Just write it down. <laughs> don't speak it into existence. 6-1 is going to happen. It's going to be no, the most depressing not. broadcast ever. What, what? Who are you playing goal and I'm playing defense? We're not gonna, <laughs> how are they going to get seven goals? Hey, injuries are a thing, Dan. Anything can happen. It's soccer. We've got depth. Now who's, now who's putting a jinx on it? Not me. Yeah, true. All right, That's that- you. That has been Write That Down, and that has been Loon Talk for this week. I'm going to go drink some tea and treat, get some sanity it, back in my mind. Then I'm yep. going to go watch some uh, Raw after WrestleMania because WrestleMania was last night. Oh, watched so much to... wrestling yesterday. Me and the family enjoyed all eight hours of it. Ready to go watch some more, Dan. I'm going to bed. Yeah. You're weird. Uh, so Sunday, 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 pregame is at 6, I believe. 6 p.m. pregame. 6 p.m. pregame on Score North. Kickoff. Yep. On, on Score, Score North. North. Should be fun. Uh, we'll see you then. See you then, Loons fans. See you then, Dan. We will talk to you all Adios. on Sunday and then as well on Monday right back here on Loon Talk.